Blog Talk Radio. All you Todd heads out there, it's me, Cruiser Mel. Welcome to Run Grin Radio. Doug's not going to be here tonight, not as host, but he hopes to join us later. He had a scheduling conflict, but uh, hopefully he will call in. Meanwhile, we've got a great guest tonight, Mr. Bobby Strickland. I'm sure you guys are a little familiar with him, but I hope that we're going to learn quite a bit more as the night goes on. First, I've got some announcements. We'll try to jet right through those as quickly as possible. Number one, Todd is on tour this summer. If you want to check out the current dates that are scheduled, go to the trconnection.com to the concert and tour section and click there. And you can also go to Todd's brand new official MySpace page, which is at myspace.com. Slash Todd Rundgren Music. It's run by Lynn. You probably heard her on the show the other day. It's a really good site. RundgrenRadio2.com is up and running. Doug's got over 50 different interviews with Todd from the very beginning, and they run 24/7. It's really, really, it's really fun to listen to. And here's a big announcement. Of course, we've got Todd Stock in Kauai coming up here in just a little over a week. If you want some information on that, go to michellerungren.com, click on the little tent, and that's pretty much all you need to know. I certainly hope most of you guys already have your plane tickets and your camping gear or your hotels or houses rented because it's going to be the biggest thing that you ever can go to. RungrenRadio.com actually is going to have a, a fan-based question and answer session with Todd during the week. It will air at 8 o'clock Eastern on Saturday the 21st, so do be listening. There also will be some possible other uh, Rungren Radio shows during that week, but nothing's been actually scheduled yet. We're going to have to wing it, so just keep checking the website. I have heard that at Todd Stock there will be tour merchandise as well as some Todd Stock specific merchandise available. Doug asked me to remind you that there are less than 30 of the Toddle Heads left in the Rundgren Radio allotment. So if you want one, you better get one now because they're not going to last very long once they start getting sold at the live shows. Uh, remember how the tour T-shirts flew off the shelves and lots of people had to wait? So make sure you get your Toddlehead from Doug. You can go to the trconnection.com and click the Toddleheads link, or you can email Doug directly at doug at rungrenradio at earthlink.com. Uh, <laughs> I'm also supposed to make this announcement that Doug is so awesome we need to clone him. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And last but not least, the Bourgeois Tag Uncle Rainbow reunion uh, Tuesday night. I heard it was great. Uh, our great Roger with TR Connection was there supporting it, and maybe some some others were there. We'd like to know if you went. The chat room is open, at least I think so, and I believe we're about ready to get talking to Mr. Bobby Strickland. Bobby, are you there? I am. Oh, good. We can hear you loud and clear. Great. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I presume that you are not a Celtic or a Laker fan? I don't follow baseball. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's one of those other ones. I think it's basketball. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't follow basketball much either. Sorry. Yeah. Good, good. Okay. Well, to everyone out there who was complaining and saying, well, the basketball game's on tonight, I want you right now to all go over to DVRs and hit the record button and then listen to us, and you can watch that game any time that you want. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> um, everybody, the call-in number is 646-716-9262 if you want to call in with any questions or any fun stories that you want to share with or about Bobby. I hope Bobby doesn't mind, but I have heard, Bobby, that uh, you have a reputation of being quite a little prankster. <laughs> uh, that was a long time ago. I, I'm not sure. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. I, I, don't know, I don't know who you're talking to there, so. Uh. Well, we've had a lot of your, your peers on this show. We've had Mary Lou and Larry Tag. And Mary oh, Okay. And well, they've all pointed a finger at you and said, I believe that was Bobby Strickland's idea. <laughs> it could have been. I, I I'm not sure what it, which episode, but we can maybe shed some light on it tonight. So. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, you have played with, with so many bands. When I was doing some research, I I was stunned. And, and it's quite a variety. Um, you've played with The Grateful Dead, The Band, of course, Todd Rundgren, Dick Dale, Esquivel. Now that was that one kind of took me by surprise. What's that, Esquivel? What's that? Well, it said you had played. With oh, him. Uh, Dick uh, Dick Dale. He's a surf guitar legend. Oh, so um, he played I, with him. Uh, no, Dick. I played with Dick Dale. I just did some recording with him. Uh, I think I played Didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. On, on an album and maybe something else and maybe sang a little bit. But um, I think that was in correlation with uh, Prairie. I think Prairie got, got me in on that. Uh-huh. But, well, uh, uh, okay, not counting uh, your stints with Todd Rundgren, hmm? uh, which one of those bands or, or any of the other bands that you've been with are the ones that that, that you really, really enjoyed? Oh, boy. Um Not counting Todd, huh? Not yet. Well, shoot. I, I think I really enjoyed playing with Phil Lesh. Um, I did some stuff with him. Uh, he 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 gave me a, lar- a big opportunity to just blow, and it was kind of wide open. It was kind of that you know that jazzy rock stuff. Um, it's it's kind of been tagged as jam band stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil was doing that after Jerry died, and um, I had fun. I had fun doing that. Um, I really enjoyed 
the stuff I did with the band, although it was all studio work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but just hanging out with um, those guys and, and getting to know them all was, uh, you know, it's kind of they're all they're all a piece of history at this point. Oh, and, right, they're uh, legendary. Yeah, yeah, they're all legends and uh, all good guys, and they all had a lot of stories and a lot of, you know, I, you try to take something away from um, opportunities like that. You try to learn as best you can, both musically and and get life lessons from them too. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think probably my best experience musically was definitely with Todd. Uh, oh, well, but, good. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. The time I spent with Todd, that was, you know, really, that was a lot of fun. Super. Hey, are you going to the uh, the deal in Hawaii? I am. Oh, good. Did you get a ride? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Doug's giving me a ride. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> it was all over the internet. Bobby needs a ride. Oh, was it? Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I could have got it. I didn't know they were doing them. I think my wife kind of set all that up for me. Um, <laughs> I could have just gotten a car or just stuck my thumb out in the air. That might have worked too. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I knew it, I'd get there somehow. Oh, you know, there's going to be cars going up and down that road between the house and the airport there every day. So yeah, there's only one road. So what the heck, right? Mm-hmm. You going? I am. I'm, All right, I, cool. I, I I am mentally packed already. So yeah. it's been titled Todd Stock, I hear from your intro. Yes, I think Michelle gave it that name. That's cool. <laughs> I want the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently there, I guess there are going to be T-shirts or something. That yeah, there's got to be. Yeah. Well, so tell us a little bit of what you're doing right now, so that so that it's not all Todd the whole night because we've got. Certainly, plenty to talk about with him uh, as we move on. But I want to hear what you're doing right now. Well, I, I reside in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I have uh, since I moved back from New York in uh, '90. I think it was the latter part of '93. I moved back here, um, and I met my beautiful wife and married her. I've been married now for 14 years, um, and I have two beautiful children. <laughs> you know. Um, so I've kind of just, I've been laying low. Uh, I play music. Uh, I do studio work. I don't tour a lot anymore. Um, but I don't have people calling me up and ask me to go out on the road either. Um, I think if Todd ever called, I, I would certainly be tempted. But Are you, um, you going to take your saxophone to Hawaii just in case? I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, you know, I can't be away from my horns anyway. If I'm away from them for more than a couple of days, I, I get a little strange. So um, nobody likes me when I'm strange. <laughs> it's part. It's just part of me. I got to blow. Oh, good. Well, I hope so. that uh, maybe maybe there'll be a campfire or something like that, and you can. Yeah, play. I'm going to take some real esoteric uh, uh, practice books that I've been wanting to dig into for quite some time, and I just haven't had the time to do it. So I figure I can <clears throat> sequester myself away in a corner somewhere. And, Spend a few hours a day doing that. That's what I hope to do anyway. But uh, and and you know, uh, just be there to be there for Todd. Yeah. So, uh, well, and of course, if you've got the horn there, some of us are probably going to want to hear you play. So it doesn't matter if it's just practice or if it's perfect. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. I guess. So I I did read somewhere that you you're doing some work with. Gary Cambra? 
Yeah, I am. Uh, there's a real interesting project uh, with Gary. Um, I don't know. Do you know Gary, or has, did he do an interview already? Does the audience no, know Gary? Do we need to get him on as a guest? I don't know, maybe. Um, Gary's a real interesting guy. He's uh, kind of born and raised in this area, the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, keyboard player, I think he's a drummer, he's an excellent singer, a guitar player, and one of those guys that does it all. Uh, he's a producer. Um, and um, he was with the Tubes for many, many years. <clears throat> in fact, when um, when Vince Welnick left the Tubes, right around the time that he was doing, you know, that we were all with Todd, um, uh, Gary Camber was the guy that came in and took his slot. And uh, Gary had been with the Tubes now for, you know, ever since. That was, I think, I think that was around 85 maybe. <clears throat> so um, he was with him for a long time, and I think he just recently left the Tubes to do other uh, to do other things, you know. So he put together a, a uh, an original thing with... Um, uh, and a couple notable musicians here in this area, and um, all original. And we went out and we did a little bit with it. And uh, I think we played at the, uh, I think it was called the, it was the Monterey Pop Festival, the reunion of that. We did something last summer on that. Um, and uh, Gary Gary's also got a couple other projects going on, and I we continue to try to play together. Um, so, yeah, that's it's and it's some interesting music. And get get Gary on there and hear it. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. So his connection to Todd, because all the guests have to be somehow connected in that degree. You know, Todd separation would be through through the tubes, maybe. Yeah, probably through the tubes. Although I don't think he was with the tubes when Todd was doing um, what was it, Love Bomb? I think he did with them. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think Gary was there at that time. I think Vince was still in the band. So I, I don't even, I don't think Gary really knows Todd too well, but, uh, so maybe he's not a, a, a candidate for your show, but. It, it would help if he was a fan of Todd. <laughs> there you go. I, of course, I, of course he loves Todd's music and, and, uh, and He's one of, in, one of the enlightened ones. That oh, I sure. Know. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, beyond that, I've also been doing, uh, I play in a corporate party band, which is, uh, kind of been a mainstay that I've always done, which, you know, you'll never get famous doing something like that, but uh, I get to play a lot, and uh pays well, Yeah. and uh, it's just, you know, it keeps me busy, keeps me blowing, and uh, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good part-time job, you know. <laughs> so. You get to go to nice parties. Uh, yeah, I would not partake in them, so... Although I did play the wine uh, wine spectator party last night up in Hillsburg, we oh, got for the to, magazine. Yeah, <clears throat> all the it happens once a year this time of year every year, and it's quite an amazing event. You actually sit back and look out there, and you can see all the you know all those names you've been reading on the wine labels all these years. There, all those people are there. You see the the Fetzers are there, and Parducci and. Uh, you know, Sebastiani people, Gallo, of course, Robert Mondavi just died, but, you know, just loads and loads of people like that. It's, it's They're kind of like the rock, the rock gods of uh, wine. <laughs> you know? Sure. So, but, anyway. Did you get any free wine out of it? <laughs> uh, I got to taste a, uh, two, I, t- I tasted three separate wines, and two of them were both $1,000 bottles. 
So I can actually say I've tasted a $1,000 bottle of wine at this point. Excellent. Yeah, very, very good wine. I'm ruined. <laughs> you know, can't do that box wine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the box wine, mm, time to get over that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, me. Well, hey, you said that you moved from New York. Was uh, Did you live in Bearsville? I did. I did. Um, you know, I signed on with Todd. Uh, I, I originally played with, I uh, met Michelle first. Uh, Michelle Gray and I knew each other before I knew Todd. It was kind of an interesting story. I, I went for an audition. Michelle was putting a band together, a corporate party band, in San Francisco, and she had the core players from the tubes as her rhythm section. She had uh, Prairie on drums and Vince Welnick on keys, uh, Rick Anderson on bass, and uh, there was a guy on guitar from L.A. that was a studio guy. And uh, they'd been trying out saxophone players, and uh, somebody called me and said, hey, you should go try out for this. And uh, I did. I went over there, and I walked in, and I blew the doors down and um, got the gig right there, I think, basically. But um, <laughs> Michelle could tell you that a little bit better. Um, and on my way out of the audition, uh, there was this guy kind of – this is in a, a big, huge loft kind of uh, warehouse in San Francisco off of Army Street. It was the Tubes Warehouse at the time, and they had a studio in there. It was so big you could practically turn a bus around inside of it. It was really big. And um, I walked out, and there was this big basketball hoop set up there. And, you know, by out, I mean out of the studio, but you're still inside the warehouse portion. And there's this guy with long black hair kind of sitting there, you know, holding the basketball, sitting on the ground. I walked by him, and I go, hey – you're you're uh you're Todd Runger, aren't you? And he goes, Yeah. And I go, What are you doing these days? And he goes, Well, nothing really right now. And he goes, I'm working on an album. I go, You sh- you ought to get out and tour more. <laughs> I didn't even know him really, you know. And uh, here I am, some young punk. But uh, he he looked at me. He was like, Yeah, <laughs> okay, you know. But uh, that was my first meeting with Todd. And uh, I started playing. I got the gig with uh, that band. It was called The Big Chill, and we played. And uh, Todd, I guess, came and heard me play a couple times. And Michelle, I think, just really loved me. And, and uh, they called me up and asked me to record on a on a track on Nearly Human. And uh, I did it, and the rest is history. Oh, my gosh. You're not going to believe what just happened. What? I actually got knocked off the talk show, and I had to dial back in, and you were still talking when I came back. Oh, God, so sorry. Where did we leave off? (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I just missed a really good story, but I'll have to listen to it in the archives. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, so I was still broadcasting, but you got bumped off. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. (laughs) it It was how I met Todd, basically. I miss all the good stuff. <laughs> I'll fill you in in Hawaii. Okay, there you go. That, that's the deal right there. Yeah. So were you through talking about Bearsville? Or? <laughs> oh, uh, God, I guess I got off topic. Uh, that's where you dropped out, huh? Um, no, I never talked about Bearsville. I I, um, I guess I went to where I met Todd. And then um, to stay on track, I, you know, I played with Todd for a while and then um, – got invited. I met Sally Grossman from Bearsville Records, who was running it after the, her husband had passed away, Albert Grossman. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the audience knows who Albert was, but oh, of course we do. He, yeah, Albert was one of the big, you know, like maybe one of the top manager cigar chomper type guys around. You know, he was like the real epitome of a manager. Anyway, um, I met Sally, and um, she liked. She thought she, she saw potential in me, I guess. And uh, I had I wanted to write music and. Um, and I had some ideas of stuff I wanted to try. Anyways, they they got behind me. Bearsville did. They signed me on a development deal, three-year development deal. Nice. I moved, I moved to Bearsville, and I lived there for three years on the compound, and it was very, very nice. Um, I wrote a bunch of music, and uh, they, they, they didn't like it when I was done with it, which is fair. And um, we, we separated. We went our own ways. Was that where you met your wife? No, I met her on a trip out to California. Uh, Vince had Vince Wellick had since uh, he joined the Grateful Dead. You know, he got the gig with the Grateful Dead after Brent Midland died, and um, Vince put a band together called the Affordables because Jerry Garcia had asked him. He said, "Yeah, hey Vince, you know, you should you should put a band together so uh, you know you can open for me." <laughs> and uh, you know, Jerry kind of talked high like that, but. Um, so he did. Vince put a band together, and and they called me up and asked me if I'd play saxon, and I, of course I would. You know, those were all my buddies, you know, Prairie and and Vince, and I think Roger or God, who was it? Bill Bill Spooner was on guitar on it, and uh, Scott Matthews was in there too. It was a lot of fun, and uh, you know we we went for it. It was called the Affordables, and then that kind of morphed into uh, Missing Man Formation after Jerry died. But, uh, yeah, I moved back from Bearsville, and I came back, and I hit stride here. And um, I, I met my wife uh, on a trip back here to play at uh, – we met at a club called Bimbo's. The Affordables was playing, and we, <laughs> we were backing up. God, it was an all-star night. It was um, Booker T, uh, Bonnie Raitt, Huey Lewis, Todd Rundgren, um, Van Morrison, um, Pearl Harbor, if you know some of your fans might, some of the people might know that name. Um, and just a host of other names too. I'm probably forgetting most of them. Charles Brown. I don't know. Um, so, uh, that was a fun night. And I met my wife that night. So. And you were you were now able to tell your children that their mother hung out at a place called Bimbo's. <laughs> she was working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She was she was just ready to graduate from Notre Dame, and uh, I come to find out, a buddy of mine approached me and said, "Hey, you want to meet a uh, you want there's a girl here. I think you should meet." And I was like, "No, no, I don't want to meet a girl. I just uh, kind of broken up with somebody, and I, I was into furthering my career." And uh, he said, "No, I think you should meet her." And uh, I had my mom and dad there at the show. They were at a table right in front. And um, I went, I go, well, tell, I go, who is she? And he goes, oh, she's a cocktail waitress. I go, get out of here. <laughs> I don't want to meet a cocktail waitress. But uh, he said, well, let me, let me have her bring a drink over to you. And I said, okay. So I went down, I sat with my parents and my, uh, and she came, she came over and she brought me a drink. And when I met her, when our eyes met, it was like everything else in the room just kind of uh, disappeared. It was tunnel vision. You know, and she's the only thing I could see at that time. 
Aww. <laughs> Been like that ever since. <laughs> you listening to the show tonight? I don't know. She may be trying to corral our children <laughs> and keep them out of my office. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Close she, to dinner time there anyway. Yeah, we just had dinner before before I called in. So. Good, good. All right. Well, she's a lucky lady. You uh, a yeah. really nice, nice dude, and, and people always have good things to say about you. <laughs> well, that's nice to hear. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you mentioned a little while ago the musical instrument called a didgeridoo. Yeah, didgeridoo. And I, um, backing up from that, I understand you learned how to play the oboe first and that you play 13 or 14 instruments? Is that no, right? the, first, the first instrument I started on was uh, guitar. I started on that when I was six. And um, a man named Pappy Meacham uh, was my teacher. He was a friend of my father's. My dad was a... My dad was originally a trumpet player and a professional trumpet player. He played with a guy named Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. Oh, I've heard of him, yeah. Yep, yeah. And my my dad um, uh, played in a radio show in, uh, God, I should know this better, but it was some radio show they did uh, that's actually documented on, uh, I found a, a big d- uh, CD collection from Rhino, that uh, documented all these shows that were played over some, fly, it was, I'm not sure what it was called, Flower Hour or something like oh, that. The it was King Biscuit Flower Hour. Or something. No, I don't think it was that. It was something like that, though. And this, this was back in the 30s, and um, my dad played with him. And uh, so my dad had connections still, and he had friends that were still musicians, I guess. Yeah, when I came along. So he started, I, I wanted to play guitar. I started on that, and um, my guitar teacher passed away uh, not too long after that. He had cancer, and um, I used to remember when I was sitting there taking guitar lessons, he had these these hand-rolled cigarettes on the, on the stand next to us, and I, <laughs> I always thought it was funny you smoked hand-rolled cigarettes, but now I understand what it was, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's really a second there. Yeah, so he he passed away, and um, there was about a year I didn't play anything. I think I played one of those little air organs that my mom had, you know, a little air organ. They'd get it from, like, Blue Chip Stamps or Montgomery Wards, I think, or Sears. And um, then I saw a guy playing a saxophone. His His name was Chris Brown, and I saw him playing an alto saxophone. And I knew at that moment that's what I had to play. So that's what I started on when I was nine. So it wasn't it wasn't to get girls per se. <laughs> God no. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I'm in love. I'm in love with the horn. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Well, who knew that that would it, you know help you end up playing with some really great musicians one day. Yeah, yeah. It all opened up into a an interesting ride. You know, I I almost quit when I was. I was in the fifth grade, I guess. I'd been playing sax for maybe a year, and it's it's a hard, it's a difficult instrument to play. There's 24 little buttons and keys on it, and uh, you you use the inside of your hands and you use your fingertips, and you take it inside your body to play it. You know, it, it's a very intimate instrument. Um, it's mm-hmm. not a you don't buzz into it like a trumpet, but you actually take the mouthpiece into your in your mouth and and, and um, breathe into it to to affect the sound, 
that's really that's why everybody has a different sound because of the the uh, cavity inside uh, you know the your mouth and your throat everybody's is, is shaped different if you think of a hollow body guitar it's kind of a resonating chamber so anyway that's a sidebar but um well that, no that's that's pretty cool cuz you've actually um just segued me into a very interesting topic that I really really want to hear about and it's this didgeridoo instrument yeah the didgeridoo i heard there's like a if you breathe in a circular motion or something to play it yeah didgeridoo is nothing more than basically a tube and i'm sure a lot of your listeners um a lot of people know what a didgeridoo is in fact a lot of people play it it was uh it's a it's an instrument that came from the indigenous people of australia uh, the Aborigines, and they um, they found um, stringy bark trees, and you know we call them eucalyptus. They call them stringy barks. And um, there's a certain termite that lives in Australia that will eat the inner core out of the um, of the stringy bark tree, but will leave the outer portion, the harder portion. They won't eat that. So what they effectively they hollow out limbs. So they would pick these up and. Uh, Somehow figured that if you if you buzzed your lips through them, you could get quite interesting sounds. And to play it correctly, yes, you have to circular breathe, and that's that's something I've been working on since high school. Um, I think just for fun. I, I I saw a guy that used to play with Tower of Power, uh, which was a Bay Area band, and uh, his name was Lenny Pickett. And you can still hear Lenny play every Saturday night. He plays in the Saturday Night Live band. In fact, I think he runs the whole thing now. And uh, Lenny was quite a phenomenal player and still is. And uh, I heard him circular breathe. I went to one of his shows, and I, I couldn't believe what I saw. That was the first time I'd seen it. And you can, you know, the secret is to breathe in through your nose while you create a cavity of air within your mouth, and uh, you breathe in through the nose while you push that little bit. Oops, I think I muted you by end. Are you there? Bobby. Uh-oh. Okay, guys, I think I lost Bobby. Uh, maybe he'll call back in. So let's, uh, let's, apparently we must be having some problems. Anyway, this is kind of interesting. I, I, I did not know what a didgeridoo was. I had heard that word before, and I don't know. I thought it was an animal or something. <laughs> this is Mel winging it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, oh, Doug is listening. I can see he's listening, and he's saying, Mel, stop saying, um, but, but uh, okay. Now it looks like I've got him back on. Hold on just a second. Bobby, are you there? This would have been so much easier sitting under a tree in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any idea. It's really strange. It's actually, it's not. I don't believe it's Blog Talk Radio's fault tonight. It's uh, it's the phones. I, it's very strange. Okay, anyway, we were talking about the didgeridoo. Thanks, thanks for coming. Where did I leave off? Where did you lose me? Um, You were talking about circular breathing and uh, the. <laughs> Did I talk about the stringy bark trees from Australia? 
Yes, you did. Okay. Um, I don't know, you just you buzz into the thing, and you 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 circular breeze. You catch a little bit of air in your mouth and breathe in through your nose, and just continue the wave of breathing. It's kind of a kind of a wave motion that happens. Where <laughs> where does one purchase one of these? Uh, I've made all of mine. Um, really? Ex- except for except for one that my wife actually got for me at an Earth Day event of all places. Um, and I'm not sure where that is. I was kind of looking at my studio right now. I didn't even see it here. But um, yeah, you, you can you can get them from Australia. Um, there's there's actually a uh, a store called Lark in the Morning, and they're out of. Uh, I think they have a store in. There might be one in San Francisco. I think there's one up in Mendocino. And you, you can order them through there. I guess you're not going to travel with that to Hawaii, are you? No, nah, I'm not going to bring a didgeridoo. I, <laughs> I get bored with it, you know. I, I blow with it. There's no keys on it. It's it's monotone pretty much. It's pretty hypnotic. It's very hypnotic, yeah. You know, I made a, I made a slide didgeridoo, one that you could actually tune and um, because when you play with a band, everybody's, you know, you're with people that are playing at different keys all the time. So you want to find the, the fundamental pitch and, and lay in on that. You can, you can make, some interesting, make some interesting sounds. But um, I made the slide didgeridoo uh, when I was playing with Vince and doing those jam band things and Missing Man forma- Formation. Um, and that, that was, it was fun to play that. Uh, for some of the bigger events, you know, the, the audience has had a tendency to be very receptive, shall we say, to uh, uh, sound. And you know, you could take them for a little ride if you start a little higher and you and you let it go for a while, and then you just let the pitch drop. <laughs> it's like falling into a hole or something. Oh. <laughs> you know. Very anyway. cool. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the Missing Man Formation band. Yeah. I want to ask you about that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that band. Well, it is no more. Um, right. It's uh, I guess everybody knows Vince is gone, and we miss him very much. But um, yeah, that, it was a lot of fun. It, it was like I said earlier. I don't know if if you lost out on that and maybe you dropped out at that point but the affordable started and then that kind of morphed into missing man formation after jerry died and that's why it was called missing man formation you know he mm-hmm. put it together because he missed jerry so much he just wanted to keep playing right and right. i think most of the guys the dead wanted to take some time off and vince just didn't did not want to stop you know that man had to play and constantly it was just part of who he was correct, correct. and um so they had there was the first go around I think it was Steve Kimock, Prey Prince, Bobby Vega on bass, uh, and Vince on keys. And I was kind of like a side guy. I didn't have full standing in the band. I, there was some tension. I, I don't think Kimock wanted a sax player, a woodwindist in the band. Uh, and that's okay, you know. People have sounds in their head, and you know I think John Coltrane said it the best. You know he used to he used to change his band quite often, and you know. It's not that he didn't like the guys. It's just he had a different sound in his head, and he needed he needed to change it out. So, yeah, that that didn't. I was just a side guy in the beginning, and then um, it all blew up for one reason or another, like they always do. It seems like, and uh, 
Vince was without a band, and I, you know, he and I talked. And I said, "Well, let's put it together again, and we'll put it together with some other players." So we got um, Trey Sabatelli on drums, and I think uh, you know Trey. Trey, uh, I think he did a tour with Todd a while back. Uh, and then uh, a guy named Robin Sylvester on bass, and Robin has since gone on to play with. Uh, he's full time now with Bob Weir and Rat Dog. And uh, John Wiedemeyer turned out to be the guitar player that we found after an exhaustive search of guitar players in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, John Wiedemeyer is now with Donnie and Marie Osmond, I just found out. No way. <laughs> yeah, way. Oh, man. Ooh, yeah, well. Hey, I'm sure I'm sure it, it pays the bills. That's exactly what it is. You know, he's a working musician, and that's, that's what you got to be. You know, a lot of times it becomes a job instead of an art form, and that's just that's life, you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then I anyway I was in it at that point full on, and and uh, we finished an album they'd been working on and uh, toured it, and we worked on another one and. Um, you know, toured a little bit more, and and then that too kind of fell by the wayside, unfortunately. But how long do you think you guys were were together as that band? Not too long. Um, I think I think the whole thing only lasted maybe three years. Both both incarnations. Uh huh. Yeah, probably about three years, three four years maybe. And we got out to, we got out to the East Coast a couple times. Um, and touring, you know, the people that were coming out were primarily deadheads um, because of, because Vince had been playing the previous five years with uh, the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. So that was the audience that was being pulled on, and um, you know, it, just, it, it was what it was. It was some very good music, um, and a very very powerful band, very powerful, uh, and a lot of room for exploration. Uh, and for that reason, it was a lot of fun too. You know, Vince and I also played another group called uh, Second Sight, and that was with Bob Braylove, and that that was a lot of fun. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that stuff, but that was some pretty trippy music. It was kind of uh, uh, there weren't there weren't a lot of vocals in it. It was more of a I don't even know what to call it. it was kind of jazz rock, I guess, would be the generic approach to it, okay. but in a very experimenting way. So is any is any of this like with that band or with the Missing Man formation or any of that is is it is any of that available on video? You know there is a video on, um, but I don't know if it's uh, available online or you know in stores. I don't think it's been released for public consumption. Um, it's a guy, uh, Robin Sylvester actually sent it to me. He was approached at a show, and it was a, a guy that documents shows like that, um, and he kind of does it for himself. It's packaged. It looks very professional and all, but I've never seen it in stores wow. as a video. Uh, there's probably lots of, uh, vi- of audio out there because there were always tapers at the events, you know, people that would bring the DAT tapes and set up the, the mic trees. Really? People actually do that? Oh God, yeah, yeah. That was part of the whole Grateful Dead thing. You know, they they let they had a uh, section right in front of the board in the house for tapers. People would come in and they'd just tell them, "Go ahead, tape it." 
Yep. You know, I think of Toddheads as being very, very, very devoted fans, but you know, they don't. I don't know if they even come close to Deadheads. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, there were probably more Deadheads if you're counting. Um, yeah. And that was a that was a pretty pretty huge family. That was a lot of people, boy. You know, that, yeah. But. Well, I need to take just a second. Uh, to play, it's literally like a five-second clip, Go for um, it. sort of a commercial break. But let me uh, let me play it, and then I've got a quick question for you. So hold okay. on. You know, I, may, maybe the Todd fan base is a little bit thicker in terms of like like like. There's no Alan Parsons cookbook right. yet. <laughs> okay, that was. That was John Montagna, who was a guest on the show, and uh, they had been talking about the Todd Rundgren cookbook, and <laughs> and that was his point was just how strong the fan base is that Alan Parsons doesn't have a cookbook yet. Are you? <laughs> did you send in a, a recipe to the cookbook? No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't oh. know anything about that. Oh, phooey. Well, maybe they'll do a sequel someday. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Two lovely gals from Texas put that together and got recipes from from fans and from Todd himself and and bandmates and whatnot and put together a really nice little cookbook. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool, yeah. If you want to order one, you can go to their MySpace page, which is slash TR Cookbook, I believe. Okay. So there's the shameless plug for the night. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now it's time to get into some good stuff about Todd. And once again, I want to invite callers to call in because I know you guys have some questions, and the number is 646-716-9262. So call in and talk to Bobby if you want to. But I'll start it off with you... First met Todd during the Nearly Human recording. Uh, no, I first met Todd when I was playing with a a uh, Michelle Gray's corporate party band called The Big Chill in San Francisco. Okay. I met him at the audition uh, when I auditioned for the group. Okay. Um, I believe it was the audition. Maybe it was uh, one of the first rehearsals we did. But you know, it was a long that was a long time ago. I. My memory serves me. I think it was the audition, but he was, and I told the story. But I think he got knocked off uh, when I came out of the when I came out of the um, uh, the studio where we were rehearsing. There was a guy in the warehouse holding the basketball, and that was that was Todd. He was kind of sitting there on the floor and said, "Hey, you're 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 that Todd Rundgren guy, right?" And he goes, "Yeah." I go, "I haven't heard anything out of you lately. <laughs> what have you been doing?" He goes, I've been working on an album. I said, well, you ought to get out and do more, you know, <laughs> get out and tour. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, just I was a young punk. What do I say? I didn't know better. Well, so so then later on you get this great gig with him. Yeah, I think he heard me playing, you know, well, it was Michelle, his wife's band, and uh, he came to a couple of gigs, or at least one, and heard me play. And uh, they offered. He called me and asked me if I'd uh, like to do a recording session with him for the Nearly Human. And I think the first one, the you know, I got to the studio, and I'd never done a big session like that ever. 
And um, so I wasn't scared or anything. I was, <laughs> you know, too too young. I didn't I didn't know enough to be scared. So yeah, I was doing what I loved best, and I, I was doing I was doing what I knew how to do best. So you know what the heck. So I showed up. It was at Fantasy Studios in uh, Berkeley, and those sessions were done with. You know, a lot of times they'll just bring in individual players and you kind of lay your part in, layer it in. But this was done with everybody in the studio. Right. Todd really, I think Todd likes to work that way sometimes. But, um, yeah, I got there and the uh, and Vince looked up at me and he goes, Hey, Bobby's here, our, our guest soloist. <laughs> oh, my gosh, no pressure. Yeah, and I looked at him and go, what, what are you talking about? I still didn't get it. And they, I, uh... Besides doing the horn part, I actually had to do a solo on that track, and uh, and lo and behold, yeah, it all came off great. What song was that? You know, I'm trying to remember. Um, name off some tunes on that. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, it was wasn't it Hawking by chance. No, it wasn't Hawking. It, it was a tenor number. It was just a little. You uh, let unloved children. Was it? Oh, maybe that's probably what it was. With no, unloved. not Unloved Children. I played Barry on that. It was tenor. I was playing tenor on it. Um, uh, okay, now I'm being tested. No pressure I, here. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, well, you know, you're being tested. I should. I should hmm. know. I should have the CD in front of you. It'd be easier. The Want of a Nail, maybe. Ah, yeah, I think, or maybe maybe it was the Want of a Nail. Ah, gosh, I can't remember. Well, we need to know this. This is important stuff. <laughs> and was that the first song that 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 you were in on the recording on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, besides so right doing then. stuff in besides doing stuff in college, you know, I'd been in studios before to do stuff, but I'd never done a paid session really. I didn't want to tell him that. <laughs> I was young, you know. I was I was I was the baby in the group. Were you? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was the youngest. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of my favorite albums. I mean, you just can't go wrong with that. In fact, I've got a little clip that has a nice little solo oh, the, the, in it. The, the tune was called Feel It. That's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Feel It. That's what it was, which was a co- collaboration between, I think, Todd and Vince. Oh, well, so. we got something. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I want to play just a little bit of Hawking just because, just because. All right. So it's about a minute and a half, and uh, I'll talk to you on the back side of this. So hang Sounds on. Sounds good.
Did I lose you? Hello, I'm back. Hey, well. I got picked off again. Uh, this is crazy. A, well, okay. There's a demon in the line. Yeah, just do what you did. Just stay stay on the line. It just takes me a couple seconds to call back in and listen to the British lady say, blog talk radio again. Sure. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, that solo in Hawking was just just brilliant. Well, you know how you. I, I said that girls like sax players? Yeah. Well, I actually, I'm not going to name any names, but a female friend of mine the other day, oh, I don't even know how to say this, but she was listening to that clip, and um, well, let's just say she said she almost had a very, very good time listening to that clip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's There's funny. a compliment for you. There's a lot of power in sound, you know. Yes. Music is just organized time in, in space. And uh, organized sound in time, I should say. But um, when organized correctly, it can be very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I love seeing him play that song live. Ugh. Yeah, I did too. I tell you, that's that's a powerful number, man. It's about Stephen Hawking, and um, you know, it's it brings back a lot of emotions for me to hear stuff like that. You know. Mhm. But. Um, yeah, very, very powerful, a lot of feeling in it, and um, Todd just, you know, he was so magnificent on that number. Uh, I used to look forward to that moment every night, for sure. You well, know, tell us a little bit about touring with that big, big band. Was it like a big family, or were did people have spats? Tell us some scoop. Spats? Um, you know, I think everybody got along really well. I don't, I don't remember any spats. Was it a big family? Absolutely. Um, we all looked out for each other, and it really is. You know, being in a band like that, it's it's good and it's bad. You know, you're thrust into. It's kind of like being a, a, going to war. You know, you're thrust into. Um, you're thrust into something that makes. I don't know. It makes you bigger than life. You know. You know, you're more than the sum of the parts. I don't know how I could say it, but uh, you're part of a movement, and it, it bonds everybody. You know, it's 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 the same thing that happens to people when they, you know, a platoon when they go into battle, or or on Survivor. You know, uh, if or if people are in a disaster together, it binds people together. So you become very very close, mm-hmm. and. Um, the bad part of that is is that there's always going to be an end, and it's sad, you know. At some point, you know, everybody says goodbye, and you walk away. <laughs> God, I remember, you know, you come off a tour, and, you know, it was just, you know, it was the high point of your life, and you, you've been on tour, and it was just, it's what you were put on the planet to do, you know, make that music, or to be a, a conduit 
uh, for the energy so that the music can happen. You know, yeah, you can get real philosophical about it, but um, uh, when you come off of that, you know, I always remember there's always like about a week and a half or two weeks where you're just kind of, you know, completely bummed for a while before you can pull it together and uh, be a human being again. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know any dirt or anything like that. Really, we we're all on buses together. You know, we all we all had our own racks and and um, there were a lot of you know long you know after the shows we'd we'd all pile onto the bus and and head off to the next city a lot of times and and those were the fun times you know when we'd all sit up late and I mean not too late but you know we'd sit up after the show and and talk about stuff and you know share a beer maybe or and um, just just tell tell lies like you're fishing, <laughs> you know? or or just play with each other's heads for sport or something, you know. Well, uh, now speaking of playing with people's heads, yeah. Um, now <laughs> oh, here's no. a story that we have heard from. I know Mary Lou told it. Larry Tag <clears throat> told it. I believe Michael Urbano told it. What? They've what all, was it? They all think you were the one that started this. What was it? Okay. Apparently the story was you guys are all traveling on the bus and the girls are... Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You have to tell it. And was it your idea? You're talking about when all the guys got naked. So it is true. Yeah. What's that? It is true then, huh? Well, I mean, did it happen? Yeah. We were bored, I guess. I don't know. Was it your idea? I, I don't remember if it was my idea. I, I really don't. Uh, you know, those buses are separated by a front and a back lounge. There's a back lounge, which is a little bit smaller. And in, in between the front lounge and the back lounge is a long hallway, and there's racks there, you know, or, or bunks. And um, I don't know what got over, you know, what came over us, but we were bored, and I think we were trying to just, you know, shock them or something. So we thought it'd be funny for us to all take our clothes off and wait until they walk up there. And they never came. As I remember, we were just kind of sitting there. <laughs> so like, sat around with a bunch of guys naked. <laughs> yeah. And we're all looking at each other. I was like, you know, I'm going to go get them and tell them, you know, Todd wants to talk to him. So what I was, if it, I don't remember it being my idea, but I was the guy that, went to the back lounge, struck to the back lounge, and uh, and is that the past tense for streaking? Is it struck? I'm not sure, but, um, you know, I, op- I, cra- I opened the door just a crack, and I stuck my head in. I said, uh, excuse me, ladies, a man would like to have a word with you, and that's that's a direct quote. I remember that, and I think they understood that Todd wanted to talk with him, So, and I ran as fast as I could back <laughs> into the front, you know, there's two doors separating it, and I sat back down, and they came out, and everybody had a hoot about it. We all laughed real hard and put our clothes <laughs> back on. <laughs> oh, but you don't you don't know if it was your idea or not. I I don't remember that. I hmm. I don't know if you can peg that one on me. I don't know. Could have oh. been. Sounds like something I would come up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's funny is everybody went along with it. If it was my idea. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, including Todd, by the way. So, uh, 
Well, he took his clothes off on a couple of occasions that I've heard of. So. Oh, probably. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, we've got a couple of callers. Um, I know one of them, and he's been on hold for quite a while, but I hope he'll hold on just for a couple of seconds longer because I I want to take this other call because I'm not sure where it is coming from. It could be a fan. It could be a friend. We just don't know. All right. But I want to find out who is 847 area code. Hello, it's me, Gail Rockwellow. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. Well, how you doing, Mel? I got good. to say, hello, it's me, and that's why I'm calling. Hi, Bobby. I just called to say you play the sax on my favorite version of Hello, It's Me. Aww. I believe it's the live version uh, at um, in Chicago, 1991. And it is now playing on Todd's MySpace. Oh, it is? How yes, cool. where he says, Bobby Strickland on the saxophone. I think he says saxophone. I, I can't remember if he says sax. But it's mm. um, it's on the player right now on his official MySpace. Music 91 page. Chicago. That was yes. right That was right towards the end. or No, I, I don't remember. You know, I haven't heard. I guess some of those shows were captured by people, but I haven't heard a lot of that, a lot of the live stuff. Oh, you have to you have to hear it. It's on. Um, you'll have to go to his MySpace because he does announce your name in it, and I love that version so much. It's my favorite, and then my second favorite is the um, you know the original of Something Anything, not the Naz one. But oh, I, cool! I love that one. It's it's very soulful, and he he um, he does Aretha Franklin at the end. Oh yeah! You have to hear it. He probably rips it up, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a hell of a singer. Todd, Todd's oh my amazing. God, he's my favorite. He's my favorite voice. Yeah, oh, I love his voice so much. But I just wanted to say that, and Mel, you're doing a great job, and Bobby, you have great stories because I know somebody's on hold that has some something important. <laughs> oh boy! Right. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Gail, bye. thanks for calling bye. in. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Gail is uh, her. Screen name on the TR connection is uh, Rockwello. She is a big fan out of Chicago. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's not going to Hawaii though. I used to love Chicago. We'd go to Chicago. We'd stay at the Ritz Carlton there. I... Nice. <laughs> I got a I got a story for you. We're at the Ritz Carlton in Chicago, and I think it was probably my first tour ever. And and uh, here we are staying at the Ritz Carlton. We're going to play whatever theater it was that night and. I'm standing there looking out over the city with Vince and Prairie sitting on the bed and, and I and I and I look over at Vince and there was kind of a quiet moment and Vince goes, Yep, Bobby, this is about as good as it gets <laughs> and I looked at him and I went, No Are you kidding me? This is it <laughs> and I I hit it, you know, right <laughs> I was like, Oh man. I thought it would have got better, but you know what he was right. It never gets better than that, you know. That's that's pretty posh. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty posh, man. It, it it's real posh, and you know you're gonna go play that evening with Todd Rundgren, and you know it, it never it never gets better than that. So right, right. Well, cool. Well, I'm gonna get to this other caller. I'm gonna have to unmute him. Hold on, just a minute. Hello, uh, Doug. Uh, what's up? <laughs> we all playing some Dougie Fresh. Yeah, we played some Dougie Fresh for Dougie. 
killing me. Hey, Bob, Bob. I'm looking forward to meeting you in Hawaii. Hey, Doug. I'm looking forward to meeting you in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, looking forward to meeting you too, man. That's going to be a good time. Yeah. Speaking up. And I hate to get off subject and in the interview and everything, but since you're going to Hawaii, you will be interested in the news that I have to share tonight. All right. Woo, I have good. got some scoop from none other than Michelle Rungren. Y'all ready? Do tell ready? us. All right. Number one, kayaking and tubing are full. Your SOL, if you wanted to do that and didn't sign up. Soon, Michelle is going to post two places where people at Toddstock and I want first dibs from my wife on this, can sign up for massages on the property. Massages. We, oh, you know what, Doug? We just, he just got bumped off. There's something wrong with the phone systems, but he's going to call back in. So well, keep, we're still going. He's on going. Get caught up. All right. So, so trivia are full, and now we can get massages on the property? Free massages on the property. I guess they're free. Yeah. Well, cool that's... That? That just ruins my spa day, doesn't it? No, because you'll get facial and stuff there, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But plus, at the spa, we can take pictures of it. At the property, we can't. Or we can't publish them. You don't want pictures of me getting a massage? Come on, <laughs> dude. All right. Trivia contest questions deadline is midnight tonight. you got to send them to EJ. And I, w- I would give you her email address, but it's, I don't know how many E's are in it. It's like... Uh, I think five E's and then a J at Todd-Rungren.com. you got to throw the dash in there, Todd-Rungren.com. I think it's four or five E's and then J. So if one doesn't work, keep trying until you get the right number of E's. How about that? Okay. Or you can, you know, find her on her website and all that good stuff. Hot Toddies, you know, Yahoo group, all that. All right, so. Hang on, let me, let me ask a question. Do we have Bobby back on? We do. Yep. Oh, good. Okay. All right, Bob. You haven't missed anything good yet. Well, yeah, yes, he missed the part where he can get a massage on the property. Yep. Uh, my wife let me know about that. I guess she's listening online, so. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, now I want to go. So she, she's not going, right? Nah, she's not coming. She's staying home with our kids. Uh, you better get her a massage gift certificate then. Yeah. Yeah. Do something nice for her. There you go. All right, so Todd's going to lead this hike. We've A bunch of people have been talking about it. So I, I tried to get it clarified, and I, I think I have this down pat, but uh, it may confuse some people. But anyway, the hike is to um, Hanukkah Paiai or something. <laughs> that doesn't really matter. That is a lush river valley within Nepali that begins at a waterfall, which is two miles inland, flows down a cool mountain river to a pristine beach two more miles down the trail. So there was some discussion that they were only going to go two and a half miles to the beach or the waterfall or whatever. But it looks like now it, there's more to the story. But you can turn around anytime you want. You won't get lost going back. And usually people do want to turn back. As a matter of fact, she wanted me to make sure that everybody knows that Todd may actually turn back himself after the first leg if the hike's running long because he's going to have to get back to rehearsals. So it sounds like it's kind of a winging it hike, and you don't have to go four miles or six hours or whatever. You can go as far as you want. The first spot's only two miles, so that's not too tough for anybody, I don't think. So that's the news on the hike. Hopefully that clarifies everything. If you're scared that you can't handle it, do it anyway because you can turn around at any time and there's a trail, follow the yellow brick road, it'll take you right back, no big deal. All right? Now, so what? Um, yes, ma'am. Okay. 
right, is, is that early part of the hike, do you need, like, special shoes and stuff like that? Or do you know? Well, everybody says hiking shoes, but I think you could get away with tennis shoes on the first part. Okay. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Is that all right? Okay. All right, now. All right, got to find the other scoop I got. I got <laughs> one more thing. <clears throat> this is the best part, so let me make sure I got this right. All right. Sorry for this. Okay. Michelle says. Oh, we just lost Bobby again. <laughs> <laughs> He'll call back. Maybe it's him. <laughs> well, I, mean, I dropped off it early in the show, too. Are so you hanging up on him? No, it just hung up on me. That's weird. Okay, here we go. He'll call back. Michelle, quote, you can say that I reported Todd is done mixing and Arena has been turned in, exclamation point. Todd relaxed today by helping to build some outdoor showers. Tomorrow, (laughs) he's going to start building the Tiki Bar. How about that, Scoop? Cool, huh? Yeah, so he's a hands-on kind of dude. There you go. The Arena album is done, turned in, good to go. The um, Tiki Bar is being built. Toilets have been built or started. Todd Stock is going to rule. I think he might be right. So there you go. Very good. Oh, and now we've got Bobby back. And he didn't get to hear about that the the porta-potties have been built and all that, and, and the Tiki Bar is getting built by Todd. There you cool. Go. Tiki Bar would be awesome. Actually, what, the important thing that you may have missed there, Bobby, is that the Arena album is done and has been turned in. Uh, that's the new album, right? Yeah. yeah. He, he says not knowing. Hmm, cool. Well, you're gonna. Are you gonna stay in Hawaii long enough to to see the the big concert the last night? Yeah, I am. I'm staying for that and then leaving the next day. Nice. Are you camping the whole time? I am. Really? Yeah. Have you done that before over there? No. My wife thinks it's funny as heck, too. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to be homeless for a week, man. (laughs) Yeah. Walk me through this decision process. You get a, what, an email or or call or something, they say we're going to camp out at the house and invite fans and all that, and you thought to yourself, what, I'm definitely going, or? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, my wife thought that it'd be good for me to go, really. (laughs) So... <laughs> I, I'm more of a kind of a condo guy. I dig the condos. Yeah. Uh, we love Kauai. We've been there quite a bit. But um, and I go over there to work occasionally. But uh, you know, it's you know when I thought about it, it's like how often do you get to help Todd celebrate his 60th birthday? No, one time. And and give up. You know, I respect the man. Uh, just you know, words alone don't don't touch it. And he did a lot for me. Um, and he taught me a lot. Maybe he knows it, maybe he doesn't, but, you know, um, I, I want to be there. I want to be there and share that moment with him. So. Yes, it's kind of showing your appreciation, I guess. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. that's awesome. Now, are you going to, are you going to, they're talking about some other entertainment, some other music going on. Are you going to do anything or are you just going to kind of kick back and have a good time? Um, I know there's going to be, a, I know some other musicians that are going too. I don't know everybody that's going there. But God, I, I hope that I'm going to get to play and do something. He's taking his his saxophone with him, Doug. Excellent. Yeah, I'm bringing my horns. I'm oh, bringing two. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, well, he got a guy bringing an accordion of all things. There's going to be every instrument known to man, I think, at this place. Sweet. We'll have a big 
big uh, ensemble thing. I don't know yeah. what we'll do. Who knows what will happen? There's no tell, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Are you camping there too, Doug, or what? Um, I'm half and half. i got a place, and then I'm going to pitch a tent and try to camp out as much as I can. Uh, my wife's going, and so, you know, i got to get, you know, i got to get the kitchen pass to camp out, so I'm going to do my best. Uh, you know? Yeah. So, uh, you know how those women are. They're all five-star. they got to have, you know, somewhere to go. They can't camp. Actually, there's a lot of women camping out, so I can't really say that. Well, we're going to have a tent. We're just not going to sleep there. I want to. I'm going to try it as much as I can. You know, try it. You know, it's not my thing. But it's, you know, I figure there's going to be a lot of nights where it might be getting a little wild and a little late and might not sleep at all. So uh, to place to hang out. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> you don't I think so? you got to get your rest, man. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I've you know what? The, bug, the bugs there are pretty big. Uh, last time Jen and I went, uh, we met up with Michelle and uh, had a barbecue. And as the sun went down, I'll never forget this. There was a snail walking across the lawn. I don't, not walking, but you know whatever a snail does. And and this thing, it, it had a pointy shell on it. And I forgive me, Doug, if you live there in Hawaii, you already know. But the snails are enormous, man. If that's any, I mean, this thing was probably three and a half inches long. Ew, gross. Just, just the snail, just the the shell part. Escargot. And this thing was enormous, man. I was like, man, if the snails are that big, what else is here? <laughs> so I don't know, man. Yeah, I hope there's no roaches or anything that big like that or scorpions or anything. I don't think there's any scorpions. I know there's no snakes, so. Yeah, right, that's good. Well, but, everybody says to take some kind of bug spray for mosquitoes. Yeah. So maybe, though, maybe, you know, maybe that's not as seasonal that time of the year. I hope not anyway because those things can get on your nerves. Yeah. But uh, flying beetles, all kind of things over there. That's, ew. Not, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm just I'm just back here saying ew. <laughs> That's yeah. all. I'm, I, yeah, I'm rethinking my whole trip now. <laughs> yeah. Do I sound like I'm from Hawaii? Uh, no, Hawaiian? you sound like you're. you're so, I'm here in maybe uh, I don't know Tennessee or I, I'm not very there good. You go at close, that. Alabama. Got Alabama, it. okay. Yeah. 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 Doug's calling from Alabama, and uh, I'm in Dallas. All right, we're all over the place. Yeah, and we had Chicago calling in a minute ago. And we need somebody from New York to call in. There you go. We got California. You're gonna be calling in later tonight, I know. Oh, good. We're all good. over the place. It's all there you good. Go. This and that's what's interesting about this Todd Fest or Todd Stock. I don't want to call it Todd Fest. Todd Stock is you got people coming from Japan, uh, Europe, you know, all over the United States. You name it. I don't know a single state that's been left out. It, it's just unreal. The, the people. That have been willing to, you know, spend the money to fly to Hawaii and camp out for a week and do this thing. It's Boy, spend easy. the money is right. God, with yeah. all the airlines going out of business, holy smokes. Yep, I caught it just in time. Yeah. Well, I'm not, not that I didn't pay a lot, but you know, it's about four hundred dollars more now than it was, and uh, it's unfortunate because once you lose those airlines, especially ATA, which was Southwest, you know, yeah. they, they had good deals and that kept everybody else in line. Now they, you know. Free for all monopoly type situation where there's no discount airlines going over there. Yeah, and unfortunately there's no other way to get over there really unless you want to take a long cruise, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they got you yeah. over a barrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you know, big rock and roll star like Todd would just get a private jet and come pick us all up? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <No>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You buy that. I think right? he'll be too busy to be flying a jet around. Mm-hmm. I know. It's... You know, small uh, small jets or small planes and musicians have never 
mixed very well over history, you know? Yeah, that's true. Good point. If you think about it, yep. we've lost a lot of them that way. Yeah. The, um, yep. So, what do you? What activities have you planned over there? Are you going to do anything uh, specific that was on the list, or anything different? Um, I got to be honest with you. I haven't given this any thought whatsoever. Wing um, I know that I'll probably practice my horns um, and maybe catch up with some friends I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, give my birthday wishes to Todd at some point. Um, see the house. I know he's uh, he described it to me last time last couple times I was out there when he was just it was on paper and uh I saw it on the website and it's exactly like he said it was going to be you know kind of a pagoda you thing um I can't quite uh, grasp the scale of it I was trying to in the pictures you could see that the vans and the trucks kind of parked there that thing must be really big but uh, we'll know in a couple weeks yeah, I guess we'll all know in a couple of weeks. Yeah, so um, you've been down there before, you said. I mean, have you ever done any of this hiking or any of these other activities? That yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, my wife and I, we love we love Kauai. Um, you know, Hanalei is close to uh, Princeville, or it's close to kind of where Todd is. Right. Um, in Hanalei, it's, you know, Hanalei Bay, and it's, uh, I don't know if you knew that, but the cliffs right there is where they, uh, from South Pacific, the, when they did the movie for South Pacific, that was Bali High. And uh, it's a really beautiful area. Um, the snorkeling is great. Uh, it tunnels beach, and the food is wonderful. You know, you get pokey. If you like raw fish, you're going to be in pig heaven. Um, the hiking is wonderful, and uh uh, there's a there's a place that kind of looks like uh, the Grand Canyon over on the other side of the island. If you've got a car, you can zip over there and check that out. That's pretty fun too. Hmm. So you um, say fish? Is that did you get this at restaurants or did you buy it and cook it? They well, they have fish just about everywhere you go, man. It's mm-hmm. um, it's what everybody eats there. This this stuff called pokey. Do you know what pokey is? No. Pokey is a a uh, it's usually ahi tuna. Um, oh. And they cut it up in little bite-sized pieces, and then they they um, season it with uh, I think like sesame oil maybe and uh, ginger and some other seasonings, a little uh, uh, maybe uh, you know some salt and stuff like that, and and you just eat it raw. And you can buy that all over the place. A little sushi. Yeah, it's, it's, good, sushi. It's, a, it's a protein snack. It's zero fat, and you know it's really good for you. So that's like that's the taste of Hawaii for me, you know that, and uh, maybe uh, some pog, it's, <laughs> which is this juice that's made out of uh, I don't know, it's orange juice and guava and passion fruit, so they call it pog. Pog. Yeah. I okay. went to Hawaii years ago, and the thing I remember the most was how good the pineapple was over there. Oh yeah, yeah, the pineapple. Oh, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, it's just I don't know. It's so di- it's different. It's hard to explain, but it is much better than the mainland. So, mm, yep. What what uh, events are they doing? I heard uh, kayaking or something. Or well, there was kayaking. It's booked. Well, that you can book it on your own. But Michelle had had block got a bunch of blocks of different things. Uh, kayaking was one. Inner tubing, 
is uh, one thing. Is that Some a float of, down the river or something? Yeah, three-hour inner tube deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that'll be nice. A lot of people are doing that. Uh, they're doing that stuff, let's see, a Friday-Saturday deal, different groups of people going. Uh, they've got snorkeling is going to be every day with Michelle's sister-in-law, I believe, or sister, Claudia, who goes every day in the morning, and people are welcome to go. She's got some great spot. So all they got to do is rent or buy some gear, and, and you can do snorkeling there. Well, that's cool. um, we're going to have massages, it sounds like, now on the property. Uh, you know, there's no telling. Well, the, the hike is a big deal, too. People are going to go hiking, of course, I'm sure beach excursions and things like that. Helicopter rides some people are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to play some golf one day, so there's all kind of good stuff. Yeah, the golf sounds good to me. Uh, yeah. There's some great golf courses there. Maybe yeah. I'll tag along with you. You already got a foursome going? Yeah, you got, yeah come on. We'll make yeah, good, I will. We got a, you know, the, the course right there, the, the uh, principal has two. And one of them, there was a guy who called in the show a couple of weeks ago and said that his handicap is 10. Holy moly. Which is good. He yeah. shot a 115 on that course. So my response was, we're playing the other course. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly go. what we're going to do. Yeah, there's another one that's a little bit easier, and apparently it may have better views too. But, you know, even if you don't play golf, it might be something people want to consider just to go check it out because apparently it's really nice. There's some great yeah. scenery there. You can rent a cart and drive around or something maybe. And there's a spa there as well. I know our – you going to rent your clubs or are you going to take them with you? Doug? I'm going to rent them. I, yeah, I, I've decided – I thought, thought about it, and it's – I'm flying United, and they charge $50 for a second bag. Yeah. So that's a hundred dollars when I can rent a pair, you know, rent a set for fifty. So yeah. you know, and they're probably better than what I have. <laughs> I'm not good enough to be dedicated to my clothes where I can't rent some. Yeah. Plus, I hate hauling them. I don't know if you ever done that on travel. I can't stand it. Did it one time to New York. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an ex. It's extra baggage for sure. Mm-hmm. What airline are you flying? Uh, I have to talk to my travel agent about that. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they're changing. I'll tell you what. There's, uh, you know, a lot of people booked early enough. They haven't changed it yet, but American Airlines is going to start charging for any check-in bag. But if you book before, I think, you know, June 15th or something, they're not. Oh, damn. Hello? Did I get knocked off again? Am I off again? Yeah? Bobby, you there? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, man, sorry about that. Uh, Mel got kicked off for some reason, so I've called in. Hopefully she can figure that out. Wow. All right, maybe I'll have better luck. I don't know what's going on with that. That's kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, so they're charging for, for luggage and everything. It's it's getting a little silly. Hmm. It's going to change everything with traveling. So you're you're going to go meet some friends that you know from your visits over there. Is that right? Uh, I I have no idea. I don't know what to expect about anything, really. You know, <laughs> yeah. I know Jesse Gress. I haven't seen him in a while. Uh, Jesse and I played together, of course, years ago. But mm-hmm. Prairie Prairie and, and Prairie, yeah, I know Prairie and and his uh, paramour. I guess you could say his girlfriend. Uh, she's a quite a quite an accomplished singer. Mm-hmm. Here she'll be there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. There's people that I remember from the past, like Ed Victor, yeah. who did a lot of uh, video stuff. I don't know. Does anybody know if he's going? I have not heard that. I do know that Shandy Cinnamon's going to be out there for a few days, but not the whole Oh, Shandy's going to be there? Oh, yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, we're looking forward to meeting her. We had her on the show. She's a nut. She's funny. Oh, uh, she's great. Yeah. <laughs> she's wow. she's she's a gas. Speaking of female nuts, Cruiser Mail's back on the line. What's up, Cruiser Mail? I don't know. I fell off again. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll try to see maybe if uh, the Alabama phone lines hang out better. I don't know. Who knows? All right. So, anyway, we were just still talking about Hawaii and talking about who all's going to be there. And, Sandy. I heard you say Yep, Sandy. Sandy. So, um, I, don't, I haven't heard a whole lot. Um, there was a rumor that Jack Black was going to be there, but I don't think that's the case. There was. We figured out there was some kind of scheduling conflict that made us think he wasn't going to be there. But uh, he is the related to Todd's bass player. Uh, I think a brother-in-law. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Rachel Hayden has one of triplets, and her sister's married to Jack Black, I think's the deal. Oh, be darn. Is that, yeah. you talking about Chasm Sultan? Is that Chasm? No, Chasm? Rachel Hayden's going to be the bass player. It's a, a female oh. bass player. Chasm is going to be touring with Meatloaf, so he oh. couldn't make it to the Todd stock. All right. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, it's a different group, actually. It's Jesse and Prairie are the, you know, the, the usual suspects, but they've mm-hmm. got a guy named Matt Bolton who's going to be playing guitar and some keyboard, and he's going to play electric guitar and acoustic guitar, and then oh, Rachel's cool. going to be playing bass. So I'm not, I think that may be the first time Todd's toured with a uh, female you know, bass a player. girl. Yeah. Girl yeah. power. Girl power, there it is. All right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I was, I was, I called in, I came in, and I was listening to, to you deny that you remembered any stories. I'm, I'm just not buying that yet. So let's see if we can get some more out of you. <laughs> yeah, some of the, all that touring was second way to nearly human, and there's not, no, uh, nothing you got. Uh, man, I, I don't know. I, jeez. Okay, tell, did, did you ever bowl with Todd? Oh yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Like in the bowled. hallways of hotels and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Some of that happened. <laughs> Hall bowling. Yeah, I guess that was our kind of rock and roll moment. Uh, I don't know. Somehow we got bowling pins, and then we had our bowling balls because we'd go bowling. And if time just didn't allow us to get to a bowling alley, we'd set up a bowling, our own bowling alley in the hallway. Yeah. Normally they'd give us our own floor, so it wasn't bothering anybody from when the balls when you throw a gutter ball and it hit a door (laughs) yeah so uh yeah that was that was interesting i forgot all about that yeah y'all just like bowling back then huh yeah you know it was something to do you know team activity and you're not going to hurt anybody that way there you go well Uh, you don't want to rat on any of your buddies there what about any any crazy fan stories anything wild happen people jumping on stage stuff like that or you recall or people requesting odd things or man i don't think anybody really ever jumped on stage uh probably i do remember one episode where we had um i think we were playing in new york city and dana carvey and john lovett remember those two guys mm-hmm. love them they they were both todd fans that well they were friends they're friends of todd Mm-hmm. And um, Todd, Todd's real tight with a guy named Hal Wilner, and Hal was a producer, musical producer for Saturday Night Live, probably still is. And um, anyway, John and uh, Dana Carvey came to our came to the show, and after the show, uh, they came backstage, and we shut the doors, and we were in the dressing room, and I still remember the entire band. We were all sitting like little kids on the floor, and John. And Dana were doing skits 
from Saturday Night Live, but not just skits that you'd see on air. There were skits that could never make it on air because they were just too naughty. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I can't go too far with it because, you know, my kids might be listening. So uh, <laughs> but it was it was basically he was doing, I think, Kirk Douglas. Dana was doing He can do a really good Kirk Douglas. And John Levitt was doing, I think, like Burt Lancaster or something as two fellows who wanted to, how should we say, uh, I don't know how to say it, <laughs> be with each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, I somehow I remember there being some something to do with baseball or <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. But uh, yeah, well, I'm that's sorry. Cool, can hang out with Dana Carvey. That's a funny dude. Yeah, he's funny. He's a funny guy. John Lovett actually sang with the band a couple times. Yeah. Oh, he is any good. Yeah, he could do like opera voices and things. Yeah. And uh kind of bumped oh. it out there. Like Todd was actually writing a thing with uh trying to do a thing for Broadway at one point with Joe Papp before Joe Papp passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh um I guess it just never came to fruition. I remember Todd talking to me about it one time. It was going to be about a sax player that was kind of a Buddha figure. Mhm. And um, kind of a sage kind of guy, and um, was writing a whole piece around it. And they talked. I remember talking to me about it in Hollywood. We were in Hollywood doing a show, and uh, asked me if I'd be interested. And I was like, "Heck yeah!" So I started taking serious voice lessons, and uh, I was living in New York at the time to try to get you know to a point where I could even try to tackle something like that and uh, then it all kind of fell south when Joe Pat passed away. Now was this the up against it Joe Orton's play you're talking about or is this something different? You know I think it's something different. Okay. I think it was something that, that Todd good. had in his head and he was gonna he was gonna put put it out. You know I remember Todd telling me once I remember asking him I said you know where's I, mean, I don't know how we were talking about it but it, <clears throat> I remember him telling me that he had all the music was in his head and it was already finished. And all he had to do was just kind of throw it up. <laughs> you know, just kind of like <laughs> spit it out, you know, get it out. And I thought, ah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, pretty com- amazing. Isn't complete it? symphonies done in his head already, just waiting to be pressed to vinyl or put into the digital realm, whatever it is they, they do these days. So if the man can rap, he can do a musical, right? That's well, uh, he's, up against he has though. written this arena album, written and recorded it, Fairly quickly. I mean, the guy had a really busy tour schedule in the last 10 months or so, and he's put this thing together really quick, so maybe that's been in his head and just waiting to get thrown up. Well, I'm sure it was. The people that have heard it, and there's been a couple of them, they're just raving. They think it's going to be big, yeah. Well, that's Um, cool. Very rock and roll album, but uh, you were involved, actually, with the, of course, Second Wind. Uh-huh. Which is a lot of the up against it music, and and you said you were interested in doing this other. So you must have liked you like that kind of music and that kind of sound, I guess. I just like um, music, period. Man, I, I like that CD. I know it, it just, you know, looking at it at first, or or if you don't know what was going on with it, it's kind of, um, you know, I guess very unique or different when you hear. You know, songs that really you can tell they should be in a musical, and then you hear some that are really more, uh, you know, a, a pop or rock album, and you got mm-hmm. that all mixed up into one album. Mm-hmm. I, 
I like that album a lot. I mean, I really do. I know it wasn't one of his commercially best ones, but you know, some of the stuff on there, uh, I think for a rock and roll guy, pop music guy, he's one of the few that could pull something like that off and come out with a good album that mixes those type of things together. But some of Change Myself, you know, what a great song. And yeah. I Have to Be Alone. I mean, yeah, if that's the one that stands out in my mind, If I Had to Be Alone. Yeah, what a that, great that one, one. Just the rhythms in that. That thing, when that thing took off and started moving, it was like being on a plane. Yeah. You know, you like you know, you could feel the wind underneath your wings and you're just soaring. That's one of those tunes that soars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as a matter of right fact now. as a matter of fact, excuse me, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh we have not had a um bio break tonight. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a song from Second Wind all queued up oh. to play. So how about we do that just real quick for about five and a half minutes? And then we can come back and talk about Second Wind. Is that good? Cool. Five and a half minute song? Wow. Yeah, it's the whole song because this is a bio break if, in case anyone needs to leave the room. Oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody hang on and enjoy the music. All right, on five. One, two, three.
You might want to camp next to Grady. He's a camping expert. Really? Yeah. You know what an expert is, don't you? Yeah, it's a has-been drip under pressure. That's it. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what what dogs do to big wheels, too, right? No. (laughs) Use your imagination. (laughs) Oh, boy. If the two part listen, I'd go down the road with some of those dog jokes, but I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> ask me in Hawaii. I, I'm going to need an explanation on that one. Yeah. Ask yeah. me in Hawaii for the dog jokes. Dogs pee pee on wheels. Yeah. Oh, they do. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> this just yeah. went really south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all be sure to ask me how you can get a little puppy dog to quit humping your leg, and I'll tell you in Hawaii. All right. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Guaranteed method. Guaranteed. It's a guaranteed what? Guaranteed method. Uh, good to know. All right, there you go. I will tell you in Hawaii. All right, so Grady, do you just want to listen or you want to ask some questions? Well, I don't really have any questions. I just want to say that um, uh, one of the best Todd shows I ever saw in my life and one that was captured forever for posterity when WBCN broadcasted live from the paradise was when you guys came and played the 17-piece orchestra there at the Paradise. And uh, uh, one of the Todd fans here in town set up his Hi-Fi VHS VCR to record the entire broadcast before he left to go to the show. And then after it was over, we post-produced it into bats and cassettes and CDs. That was an amazing night. Y'all were so on. Where was the Paradise? Where, where's that? Which, which town? Par- paradise is in Boston. It's on Commonwealth Avenue uh, over there by Northeastern University and BU, Boston mm. University. Yeah, I remember I remember being over there. We love Boston. Got great gyros. Or gyros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, Grady, remember- we were looking for an East Coast person to call into the show, so now we're we're – pretty fairly represented here. Well, it doesn't mean we know. don't want callers. We do want callers. How do you get a copy of that uh, that show? Is that uh, for public consumption, or is it on the Internet, or what's going on with it, that? It's, it's, it's never been released as such. Therefore, it can only be given as a gift. There you go. <laughs> Are you talking about the, the show that was on the radio in Boston? Yeah, the one that was on the radio in Boston, it was uh, actually, maybe that wasn't at the Paradise. I thought it was at the Paradise, but there was one city, too. I have a copy of that. That's what we started the show with, some of that. I'll bring you a copy, Bobby, to to Hawaii. Cool. April 18, 91. It it was a radio show, and it's studio quality. It's a really good recording. Oh, that's great. Yep. WBCN broadcast that. It, it, it was it was a great great show, and um, um, if you have a copy of that, more than likely that was mastered at my recording studio <laughs> before it was was distributed. Because the guy who got that on VHS came over to my place the next day with him, and and we spent a day uh, running it through the board and cleaning it up. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a really Really good recording. I was oh. I was amazed when I put it in the in the stereo. I was like, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look, look forward to hearing that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
That's the show where that really good quality recording of Todd and the twelve string doing Jesse came from. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that number. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all hear well, the part? Did y'all hear the intro song? Did you hear the it's just thirty seconds. Did you hear it? That was from that show. Let me yeah. uh, let me let me play it right quick and you tell me if uh if you remember this, Grady. Let me uh let me find it right quick. It's only thirty seconds, so check this out. somebody else. I think I've run out. I've had a 14-hour day. <laughs> you need okay, that vacation you... in Hawaii. Hey. All Take right, care. Grady. Take care, Grady. Grady Motes, camper extraordinaire. Okay, he's he's on mute so he can listen on his cell phone. There you go. All right, second wind. Uh, what was it like doing that tour? Because that was so much more orchestral, kind of. Mm-hmm. Was it a whole different mood than the Nearly Human tour? No. No, the dynamics of the group were the same. It was really pretty much, I think, the same same band. Although I guess we had a couple different people. I think Roger Powell came in on the part of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was it was pretty much the same vibe, you know. The normal Bill Fair, just town to town and... Laying it down, you know, play the play the music and hit it and run. Personally, I had more instruments to break down, so <laughs> you know, I didn't have a roadie. I don't think I, I'd, I've never had a roadie, a uh, personal roadie. Some guys have them, but you know, I, on that one, I was playing oboe and bass clarinet and flute and uh, the tenor sax, the baritone sax, the soprano sax, and an alto sax, and I mean. Lord, by the time we were done playing, I was already pretty tired, and then and then everybody, you know, it took me another hour to break down. By the time I'd get backstage, everybody was already gone. Aww. So, or or, he's, or else on the bus, and I, you know, they'd all be waiting for me to get on there. So, but uh, you know, it it was fun. I that was it, it was working. It was it was fun. You know, it was just you're doing what you love when you're doing that. I've got a question that's somewhat related to the fact that you do or don't or did or did not have a roadie. And this is my stock question that I always have to call in and ask at the show, so I may as well get it over with now. Okay, when you were touring with Todd or or any of the other bands that you've toured with, how did you do your laundry? We didn't do laundry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, 
I think they put on the website, sometimes you wear the same shirt all week in camping and it's a badge of courage or something. Uh, no, you we think when you're no. on the road with a band, it's a badge of honor or something? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, you know, you, there were stops where you knew there were laundry mats down around the corner from the hotel. You'd have to just find time to go down and drop it off. But, you know, I personally, I would pack enough for four or five days and then, when my clothes were dirty, I'd either send them out to the laundrum. I love those places where you can do it by the pound, you know. It comes back folded in a blue piece of paper. That was nice. But um, I know the guys in Grateful Dead, would, uh, the crew guys, would they, uh, on their writer, and I thought this was very, very smart, they had uh, socks, white crew socks. And, you know, like they asked for several packages of them on the rider, so every town they would go to, there would be brand new socks waiting for them. So from what I understand, those guys didn't do laundry. They just kind of threw their old socks away. So, you know. I think I've actually heard that one before. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, because Mary Lou would not wash people's socks. <sighs> that was probably early on when uh, when it was a small group, uh, when she was touring with Todd years ago, maybe, huh? Could be. I, I don't recall. Yeah. <laughs> When you had a group the size of the Nearly Human Orchestra, it was, you know, that's a, that's a big animal to haul around. You know, there was a lot of us. I do remember going through, uh, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, I do remember going through uh, customs, uh, going up into Canada. And uh, Canada's it's easy to get into, but coming back to the United States, they they usually just, they they roused you. And um, I, remember, I remember we'd gone up and we we played in Toronto, and I remember the place we played was called Stars. I, the only reason I remember that is because I got a baseball cap from the club. But we played up there, and, and um, we had we went back to the hotel that night. I think a lot of us had gone out, and uh, Toronto is a pretty big city. I think a lot of us went out, and uh, you know, a lot of times we'd go out, and we'd find a club that was actually playing and we'd like to send on it and go play more. You know, we didn't have enough, you know, we're all musicians. We like to play. Am I still on or did I lose you guys? Oh, you're still here. Oh, okay, good. And, uh, so we, we'd all, you know, after the shows, if we were in town, we, a lot of times we'd head out and, uh, we'd go sample the nightlife and take our instruments and we'd get on stage and play wherever it was, and uh, I think that probably happened that night. We got back to the hotel pretty late. It was probably around 4 o'clock, you know, and got a couple hours of sleep, and then the normal thing was to, uh, when you had a big, long drive the next day, it would be just, you know, get up and and get down to the bus and uh, crawl right back into your rack and go back to sleep, and, you know, you wake up around 11.30 or so that way. Well, this time, you know, we're in Toronto. We all go down. We get on the bus. Everybody's still asleep. We're all on our PJs. Everybody crawls in their racks. We all go to sleep. And we had just a long enough ride from the hotel to the border that everybody got to sleep. And uh, the border guards decided they were going to search us. And they, they rousted everybody up, got us all out of our racks, emptied the entire bus, pulled the bus apart, looking for I don't know what. And... um and so we're all we're all awake and in our PJs, standing there, you know, 
looking down at him, searching through our luggage, and, and we're all looking at each other's luggage, you know. It was a crack-up, you know. They did open up my luggage, and it was, you know, not, it was just a mess, you know, just as most people's were. But then it got to uh, Byron Allred, and I don't know if you know who Byron is, but Byron is a keyboard player that played with Steve Miller for many years, and we call him the Mad Professor. He's he's very fastidious, and um, in both his playing and and, you know, everything else in his life and uh they got to his suitcase and he was very nervous that somebody was going to be touching his stuff so he's he was basically bobby hang on well mel could you still hear that story yeah i could still hear it but you fell off that time i disappeared okay well hopefully it's it uh, every uh, everybody in the chat room could hear it um yeah okay so let me me just check make sure uh so so that in case we we don't start over um uh, because i you know i disappeared and i was supposed to be the one you know the main call in so i guess they're okay so i'm sorry go ahead and finish the story it was good so anyway we're all looking down and, and byron started telling the guard please don't please be careful with his bag and i remember the border guard looking at him like you know are you crazy you don't talk to me period you know it's like you're you're actually without a nation at that point when you're between countries but um uh he opened up byron's suitcase and everything was at right angles perfectly folded and i mean the guy looked at it and he looked up <laughs> at byron like are you you know god look at your suitcase man and uh he proceeded to dump it out and i mean byron just about had a nervous breakdown when that happened <laughs> uh, poor guy and uh, he just piled it all back in there when he didn't find anything and i mean byron was pissed man he was just pissed off that his bag had been disheveled Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, to finish the story, they, they then lined us all up. Uh, all the guys had to line up at, at the men's bathroom, and all the women had to line up at the female bathroom. And they did uh, strip search on all of us. And, really? Uh, yeah, strip search. And uh, so we're, we didn't care. Mm-hmm. And the real guys <laughs> hiding anything. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of funny. And I remember. Vince Welnick was in front of me, and the guy had done just a couple people, and Vince walked up to the guy, and, uh, I mean, we were in our PJs, and Vince just, like, pulled his pants down and basically showed this guy his junk right there. <laughs> <laughs> the guy after that said, okay, that's enough. You guys are okay. We don't have to search anymore. So most of us were, were uh, saved the search by Vince just playing with his guy's head, I guess, just showing him, showing him the business. Oh, so to speak. Now, where was this again? What border? Uh, that was the Canadian border. Canadian border. Yeah, yeah uh, coming out of, uh, coming from Toronto back into uh, the United States. Yeah. <laughs> well, it got uh, me a trick in case they start giving me grief next time I'm trying to cross the border. Uh, that, yeah. Was, yeah. That was good. That was good. I've got a question. Mm-hmm. I want to play another clip, and it's all of... Uh, two, three seconds, but I want to hear the story behind this clip. So, Bobby, I hope you can hear this pretty clearly. All right. Hang on just a minute. Listen real closely. Is your reed perfectly succulent tonight, Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's the story on that? Uh, uh, He's referring to my oboe reed. Um, You know, the oboe is in the family of woodwind instruments and the oboe is the most difficult woodwind instrument to uh play bar none uh it causes brain damage it's got a little tiny bit of 
it's got a little tiny uh, air passageway, and it takes a lot of uh, support to play it, yet you're not moving very much air. And at the tip of that little air passage, of course, is a little double ti- a double reed, uh, and that's all that you're you're blowing on. And if that reed isn't ready to go, you're going to quack like a duck. So uh, I mean, he was just making sure I was I was ready to go. And that was his way, <laughs> you know. So sometimes I don't know where he thinks of these things. Uh, what did he say? Perfectly succulent. I remember him saying that. And once you played that, I remember that. That's funny. It was caught on tape. Was that from the, sec- the recording of Second Wind or something? Yeah, that live in Japan. Oh, that was live in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Oh, wait, wait. Um, I'm wrong. It was from the Second Wind thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then it was the oboe. Yeah. I, I do. That's odd how we remember things. I, I remember him saying that just like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, he was always really cool with me. I remember he used to introduce me as the journeyman Bobby Strickland, which I thought was very nice of him to say. But uh, and it's probably all because you were a smartass the first time you met him. He likes uh, that. Uh, yeah, you know, so Todd tests your metal uh, mentally. You know, I mean, everybody has a. You know, everybody gets tested in life, but I I remember there was a, I was, I don't know where, it was a session on the Nearly Human album, and uh, we had, we had done, you know, after being in the studio all day, we'd always do the Mood Altered takes, you heard him say that, I think, on the album, Mood Altered take right. three or something like that. And normally the tracks that would make it to the album were the mood-altered takes. And that was normally, you know, after recording and learning the parts all day, then we'd take a break and have dinner and, you know, have a glass of wine or something or whatever it was that you needed and then strike at it again. And everybody was real relaxed at that point. And normally you'd let the music flow. You weren't worried about the music anymore. You were just worried about making the... Well, you weren't worried, you know, you just let the music happen. So it was after that, and we were listening to playbacks in the uh, in the recording room at Studio D there in Fantasy, and there everybody was there. God, there was I think Randy Jackson was there. You know, Randy Jackson, the bass player. He's on. Uh, oh, he's on that show now. That American uh, Idol. Yeah, thank you, American Idol. You just didn't want to say it, I know. I couldn't remember it, I'm sorry to say, but uh, I, we love that show, my wife and I would like to watch it. But, um, you know, there were all these people there, and I'm not even sure who all of them were. A lot of them were real important people. And, and Todd was talking, and, and he was pontificating. I mean, he was going off on some subject. And when he would talk, he it's like stream of consciousness. He just It comes out, the information comes, and it comes, and it comes, and it's fast, and it's, and it's you know... And uh man, I couldn't catch everything that he was saying and and um I uh I and I know he was he was talking about something about Vietnam or something like that. And I go <laughs> I'm such a I was such a punk. I go, Hey I go, wait a minute and and he stopped and like everybody in the room, there's probably about twenty five people in this room, they all looked at me. Uh, and I go, and it was like, okay, well, you know, he looked at me, he got the floor, what? And I go, I go, you don't, don't tell me about Vietnam. I, I had a brother, you know, my oldest brother, and he served in Vietnam, and, and, um, 
and uh, he was killed over there, and I, I didn't have the benefit of having him help raise me. So, you know, you shouldn't sit there and try to say all this. And, and he looked at me, and, like, everybody in the room gasped, you know, I just, you know, that I'd said this to Todd. And, uh, <laughs> and Todd goes, he goes, I don't know if you're telling the truth or not. You could just be lying to me, couldn't you, right now? And, you know, and he basically just pulled my pants down in front of all these people, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, that was my test right there. And I and I, my reply was, I go, yeah, you know, I, I could be lying. But, you know, all I wanted to do was just slow you down a little bit so I can understand what you're saying because I put value on what you're saying. And, you know, you're talking too damn fast. And, and. He broke out in laughter. He started laughing so hard. And then at that point, everybody in the room started laughing, too. The, the tension was so thick. God, you could have cut it with a knife. I bet. And, uh, and, and Todd said to me, and he goes, yeah, Bobby, it's just like mental karate, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, and I replied back, yeah, it is. And I think I, we put our hands to, up to our head like a karate maneuver or something. And <laughs> that, was, that was kind of my test, I guess, with him. He probably doesn't even remember that, you know. Oh, I'm my sure. God. He probably has lots of experiences like that. But... Uh, hey, listen, I need to just say something real quick because I think we're about to go into the archives. We'll, we'll be live, only us that are on the phone with you, um, but it'll be recorded, and we'll go up on the archives on the website later. Okay. But, you know, we've been talking almost two hours. Yeah, God, it's time flies, huh? <laughs> time do- well, I'm sure Doug told you that time does fly, and uh, yeah. it does. Time is time is irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you have been great. You up with some stories, and you know other people claim they don't remember any of these stories. So you 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 are you're okay in my book now. <laughs> oh, other people say they don't remember those stories, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ratted everybody out. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so you're our hero, at least. So you can hang with us at Hawaii. There you go. We get a few stories every now and then. You, you didn't. You didn't go down any roads that were were too bad that would uh, cause any grief. You know. Yeah, I don't think I did. I. I didn't. Oh, but we want to hear the good ones, the really good ones in Hawaii. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I, I don't think I have any really good ones. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's hard. It's hard to remember stuff like that. It was a long time ago. Oh, don't take up that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Starting to sound like the Nicky Nichols show. Yeah. I don't remember. It was just all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> huh. Well, I'll tell you what. I actually do have um, a wonderful version. I know when Gail called in from Chicago, the lady from Chicago, she mentioned that she, she uh, liked your playing on – that live version of Hello, It's Me that's on Todd's MySpace. Oh, yeah, okay. So uh, I can play that, or we can keep talking. It's up to you. You've, you've had that uh, go, ahead, go ahead and play that, and we should. I, I should probably get running anyway. Okay. Um, I have other commitments that I need to take care of tonight, but uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you guys. And thank you for taking the time to be interested in what I might have to say. It was it was fun to remember some of the things. So, oh so thank yeah, you. yeah. And and Doug's picking you up, right? I, yep, Doug. Yo, me, buddy. No. Free ride. <laughs> yeah, free ride. Uh, yeah. Well, now that I've got him on the show, I don't have to anymore. I guess should have waited. On Doug. No, I'm just kidding. We're gonna pick you up with a nice guy named Joe from Georgia that, that Mel and I met at the shows over there. But we do appreciate you being so generous with your time, Bobby. That was nice. 
Uh, well, God, thank you, thank you, guys. Thanks. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Aloha. Okay, aloha, aloha. Doug. Nice talking to you, Mel. All right. Thank you so much. Bye, bye, guys. Bye, bye. Hey, Doug, do you have any more announcements? Like who's what the show yeah. is this week? I do. I do have a couple of announcements. Actually, I'm probably going to do a rerun of the Runt Show next week because not enough people listen to it, and I worked hard on that one. <laughs> so I'm going to make you listen to it. But we might have something. Who knows? I mean, you know, we always got something going on. But be sure to check the site a lot, uh, not next week, but the next week, because there's no telling what we're going to end up doing from Hawaii. All I can tell you for sure is that there will be a show for the the Q&A that we're going to do with Todd, which I believe will be a first of its kind where it's fan-based. All the questions are going to come from people who are at Todd Stock, and even if some of the you know musicians he's toured with get up there, they're still fans as well. So everybody will be a fan. It won't just be some DJ with some cheesy questions that he's been asking a million times. It'll be fans asking cheesy questions. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Including Everyone needs right. to start thinking about their questions now. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, uh, yeah, and they need to get EJ. Well, they probably won't hear this by now, but at midnight, you know, EJ's got to have her questions for the Utopia thing. But uh, the only other thing I really have is that the, I just got an email from the Toddlehead folks, and they're asking me about shipping, and they say they'll be shipped on the 15th or earlier. So I'm about to work on that. So it looks like we will definitely have those, you know, in July, uh, maybe some in June. It just depends. I may have a few sent to Hawaii just so we can look at them. But the title heads are on their way uh, soon, so that's good news. And, Mel, after you play this Hello, It's Me, why don't we finish with the uh, Aloha show intro because that's pretty cool, too. Uh, are you going to run that? I can. Okay, because I I don't know what it's called on the. Okay, we're giving away all our our backstage secrets here. It's Aloha show intro. I may make you look for it because we could I, do that first and then play Hello It's Me, or we can go opposite. Why don't you play yours first? Okay, and then you play Hello It's Me. I'm looking forward to hearing that, and that'll be a wrap. All right, all right, kids. We'll see you guys in Hawaii. Aloha. Aloha. Daddy, what's a nymphal? Oh, the nymphal is the state bird of Ohio. Oh. You're the state idiot of Hawaii.
live online talk radio for Todd fans. This is RunGrinRadio.com. <laughs> 